Welcome back to the Bad Associations Podcast. This is Eva. You may have noticed that after the holiday break, we've made an adjustment to when new episodes are released. As Chef Brian and I make sure we prioritize our families and our mental health, the plan is to release a new episode the first Saturday of each month for the time being. If you'd like to be interviewed for an episode, please reach out via the links in the show notes. For this month's episode, I interviewed Amara. Amara and I discuss her story of being raised as a witness by an overvigilant single mom in a less than ideal home situation, eventually getting kicked out because she decided to go to college after high school. We talk about joining the Air Force and her self-defined spiritual journey and deprogramming from the influence and training of the witnesses and learning to use critical thinking skills. This episode was actually recorded a while back, the same week that the organization changed the beard rule. So we touch on that briefly. We reminisce about time cards and creepy territory records, and we draw some parallels between the witnesses and everyone's favorite dystopian fiction. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to Amara. All right, so can you tell me about the first time you started to question the religion? I started questioning the religion um, when I got to like high school. And because it's um, back in when I got out or around that time, it was me going to college, right? So, or the, it's the time of like when teachers are prepping you to go to college. Um, and so back then the admonition from, you know, the platforms, all platforms, the local congregations, the circuit assemblies, the district conventions, but college is a no-go, no college, you know, you know, we got to, they were saying, um, we have to worry about the, the new tribulation and you know, the the kingdom is coming, all of the things. So you had no time for college. And then, you know, they talk so bad about college. All the traumas was about college. You know, so I find that it's so interesting. Like now they're trying to change what they were saying because it was all over. <laughs> Very clear. Yeah. They don't call it. As far as me, my complications happened because, you know, my mom, the city I was in, uh, it's all about what high schools you go to. They they make sure if you go into public school, you're in the best school that can get you, you know, where you need to be to stay away from that criminal element of our city, right? And so since I was younger, my mom put me in college prep programs, you know, private, like any kind of program, she got me to keep me away from like neighborhood friends or to big neighborhood friends. And so it was, I will always have this underlaying urge, okay, I'm eventually going to college. So when that, when I kept in high school and that became like a big, like a, how can I explain it? Like it can't, it was a big issue, mm-hmm. you know? Like the well, pressure, time to do it or not. Time, and... time to do it or not. And that's when I started questioning things. You know, so it's a deeper issue too. So I was also in the middle of a, um, uh, it's so funny. Like I'm out. I've been out for so long. I can't think all the words. It's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It, it's weird though, too. Like though, even just throughout the conversation, I've noticed people will start remembering more. They'll be, you know, like more, they'll just right. start pop, like you get in that that headspace of it. Yeah. And things just start slowly. 
you can forget the lingo and stuff. You can get a watch. Like, oh, and it just it, it comes down. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I was, okay, this backstory about I was um, actually an unbaptized publisher at five years old. I had my first talk at five, and I got baptized at eight years old. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> I was in it, in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my mom had to fight for my stuff because I was so convinced, but I'm realizing, like, now that I'm looking back at my younger self, it was so much pressure from my mom. My mom was a bit abusive and just very, like, you know, she was a single mother, a lot of elements right there, right? So she was, like, just fear, fear-driven. So as soon as this job, when this thing comes, it's just, oh, this is what we're doing, and you're doing it. So she made it sound like it was my idea. It probably was, but that's the whole, you know, it was a lot of push. So... I'm doing all this stuff at I was young. So at the same time, I did have, I was in mentally gifted programs in school. Cause they're like, this girl's giving talks and like, you know, I, I'm above my reading level by like, you know. Yeah, they, it, <laughs> well, I mean, they do give you, you learn a lot from them, like academically exactly. in that way. And then the exactly. rest of it, they're like, ignore everything else, but be mm. really good, like on the surface of putting yourself mm. forward in that, like, yeah exactly like they're really great with learning how to develop you but in their own world which does not correlate to <laughs> real world <Correct>. <laughs> like, yes. yeah so they're like oh my gosh she's gifted so it did come from their in, in from their influence mm -hmm. but if it was left alone it would have set me up so great yeah <laughs> in, the, in the real world you know it's a, uh in the world right world so my my mom was like super abusive. I was very like um, I couldn't go nowhere. Like my mom took their admonition to like the extreme extent. Like I couldn't talk to people. Even I couldn't even develop friends in the congregation. Like my mom was just that paranoid, and so I spent a lot of time isolated, just me and my books, um, rolling around with her all day long. You know, she was she had to be older. She had me in her mid. Okay. So I was the last, so she had all the time for me. She was like, like they never tired. Did you have other siblings? I did, but they were like 25, 30. Okay. So you were basically an only child. I was like an only child fun. with okay. adult siblings that did not think of me as their sibling. You yeah. know, so they couldn't understand a joke with it. So she became this when I was born. Okay. She got baptized like when I was like four. Okay. And I remember her getting baptized and then I turned around. And started doing my little journey. So I had those two parallel worlds going, you know, education and my teacher seeing my kids and always pushing me, always recommending me, you know. So to the point where then I get to middle school and I go to a college prep middle school that feeds into the college prep high school. Okay. And it's called public school. And so when they see a gift, they're like, oh, let's go. So they already know you're going to go to one of these three schools. And one of these three schools always feeds like maybe like a 98% college uh, acceptance rate and uh, graduation rate. Public, right? I get accepted to one of those three schools, the all-girls school. Uh, and, you know, so my mom is just like, yeah, I don't know. She's just got really intense. You know, she's got so intense because it, this school is very, they're prepping you for college. So you're not like in the same realm of like being on lockdown like very they let you go off campus they okay. let you you know 
this school teaches you archery, you know, it's different. It's a very it's culture. So it's like they give you that freedom that my mom did not like me having. Okay. So I started um, learning coding and I started, this is when the internet started popping up, like really started, we started learning about the internet. So we're coding and stuff. And I started like finding friends and started in school and I still keeping my age but then my mom would just show up she just showed up at school oh, found out I was no. there oh, and no. found out I had a boyfriend and then here I'm on public recruit yep <laughs> she fell for me and the thing is is that with these elders right these elders knew me since I was a child and they knew my issue with my mom they knew my mom it was very serious like to the point where some of my elders that lived like one of my favorite elders lived up the street from me he would sometimes just come get me out the house because he know it's going down but he couldn't do much so the thing is it's like you have these situations where the parents take corporal punishment way too far but the elders can't even intervene like that but he did you know sometimes he could sometimes he could you know and act like he didn't see nothing but so what I say is that with all that isolation, I was tired and I just started skipping school. I, like I started wanting my freedom. I was just really tired of her foot on my neck. Yeah. Between yeah. all these studies, you know, you know, our studies were crazy. So um, I'm on reproof. So then when um, it comes time for them to deliberate, like when I'm coming off, they're like, okay, well, um, well, we're hearing that you want to go to college. So we're going to extend your reproof. And then, because you wanted to go, like you weren't even going, you were just because you know how they do. They get you a full service, and they're like, "Okay, so what's your plan?" <laughs> yeah, you know, with the, with the pen and paper. Yeah, so they incriminate you later. Yeah, yeah, they make it sound like they just are so interested in your life, and then it may, but it makes you like afraid to talk. Like I find that now, like I have a really hard time opening up to people. Everyone was incriminate you because we were that's what we were taught. Like, God, yep. let you say. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Everything is guarded. Everything is like thought out in 16 different directions. Like, they make like overthinking people pleasers really well. <laughs> because at any time you say something, somebody got you in the back room. And then, you know, for the audience, the back room, yep. that's when you, you, you darn or just can't, you can't even get out of there unless you got a real good, the, youth or something or they don't find anything you're yeah. gonna get in trouble yep so i forget where i let off that because it was so good but um you got you were they extended your restrictions right. because you extended um for proof you know so i went a few more times so when i go back to school school is like i tell my teachers hey so by this time my mom takes me out of that school and took me in the neighborhood school um for my last year of of high school, so like my 11th, my 12th grade year, I'm in another school, but that that school is not the college, you know, it's like a neighborhood school, it's not a college prep school. So all my classes that are equivalent to that school, to the neighborhood school, was all like AP classes when I was taking like normal classes over there. Yep. So these teachers, again, as soon as they give me, oh, we gotta get you, you gotta apply to 10 colleges, you gotta do da 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 and I'm like, well, actually, I'm not going to go to college. And they're like, <laughs> they like, the hell you are. <laughs> All these days. <laughs> they really was not playing with me. You know, my, my 12th grade AP teacher was like, I will fail you if you don't apply to 10 colleges. Oh, like, my gosh. And if I did that, she really couldn't. 
if I did, then like I wouldn't have graduated. I told my mom, mom, I'm just not gonna, she's trying to make me go to college. She was like, all right, well, apply, but you're not going to go. I was like, all right. So I applied to 10 colleges. I got seven out of 10 of those colleges. Oh, gosh. Good job. I never would have known that. Wow. You know, they never tell you your work. You know, they never, yeah. you saying? Like, you don't know. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, little, little me. I didn't know, like, I didn't know, you know? So that blew me away. And then that is what made me like, hold up. You know, so one of the colleges I got to, I won't say because of like, we'll say where I'm from and stuff, but yeah. like, it's a big 10 college. It's like a private, no, a public IV. And it was very close to um, where I lived. It had, it had a commuter campus close to where I lived. So I was like, I was like kind of negotiate with my mom. Like, all right, mom, like, it'll be like I'm going to high school. It's up the street. It's like real close. You know, I didn't know college wasn't like high school at all. It's like, it's like a weird schedule. You don't, it's very, very free, you know? Right. So, so my mom said, no. So I like, all right. So I got a job from my aunt. My aunt got me the job making like $12 an hour. That only lasted like all of like maybe a few months because my mom started taking my check. She started, I'm like 19 making $12 an hour. Right, that, that was like good a lot money. money. <laughs> and she was taking all my money. Like she made me take it. And then it wasn't like she was like saving or anything. She was blowing in like those little uh, thrift stores. Oh, and I was no. so mad. Like I was like, at least let me see. But yeah, I was not like, you're like, oh, I got to pay the electric bill. And you live here. Right. So that's what you contribute. Like, Oh no, gosh, oh, no, and she was charging me rent. Oh, she no. charged me rent. <laughs> oh, she, how are you going to pay the rent? What she taking your money? <laughs> my, it's my old room. Like, what are you talking about, lady? You know, and this isn't to say because my culture, you know, finances is tough, you know. But the thing is, it's like, I felt like that was unacceptable. At that age, I was like, this is not cool. Yeah. So I go call my school, like, um, can I come back? They was like, yeah, your your acceptance is good for like a year. So I planned to go for the spring, quit my job. My mom was so mad. <laughs> I didn't care, but I, but she didn't understand what I was going through. Yeah. And so I go and I go back to school. So long story short, my mom had an issue with it. She would actually kick me out. I, I was like, mom, that's what I'm doing. But when I didn't show up at the time, I didn't show up because it's a different schedule. I couldn't explain it. She would change. She would change a lot. She would say, "You gotta go out." She so she kicked me out, and I ended up being in like my psychology class. And this girl actually from California let me stay with her because I was crying. I swear, I'm coming to work out. I told her my whole story. She said, "You stay with me." So I stayed with her, and then after that, that's when I pretty much left. Like I was like, yeah, nineteen, yeah, and I I was just done after that. So after that, um, I tried to make it on my own. But long story short, I ended up putting myself in the airport. So I went, my, all my brothers and sisters went to the military of some sort, like Marines or Army. And so I, I knew like, okay, I'll at least get three square meals. I'll at least can survive and I could go to school. Like, you know, yeah. I could get ready yeah. to school, right? Yep. So I did the unthinkable and <laughs> I just went the whole military straight yeah. up Army. Was it straight up Labalon, whatever they call it? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did they, were your, were your siblings, once you stopped going, did they get more involved in your life at all? Like, no, no not even when you're like, look, I'm doing the Air Force thing. Like, okay. I mean, I did, my, my brother, um, Robert the halfway last year, he did write me. He was proud of me. He was proud of me because I was in boot camp and I got his letter. Um, but 
Not really, because they're so much older. They literally like my parents. Yeah. And the thing is, we had such broken, um, strained relationship with all of us and my our mom. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I always think that this religion is like they escape. I feel like a lot of them escape from real life problems and jump in and spiritually bypass yep. in religion and don't, you know, so as soon as they become this your witness, now all of a sudden they don't have to reconcile anything. All of a sudden they don't have to practice the, you know, I don't know. It's just, I, I find a lot of it. Some isn't like that, but a lot of them I see spiritually bypass. And that's what was going on in our case where my mom didn't want to care about our family. Like, and a lot of it had to do with her. Yeah. It's like it, it makes like an excuse to be able to like avoid stuff like yeah. creating this like reason to like embrace your avoidance at this disease. And the religion don't make it no better. No. So they teach you, you know, you're supposed to like, you know, not hold any holidays and, you know, bring them, um, try to try to bring them in, you know, so it's always conflict. Like yeah. I'm always trying to. Oh, I gotta save your life. You gotta come and be a Jehovah's Witness. And they're like, no, you know, so you always have strained relationships yep. with your family. You're always coming across as like better than them. Like better than them. That's not an endearing thing. And you have to at the same time put your, your guard up against it. them too. You do. You know, so it's it's terrible. And you know, for me being um, you know, African American, right? It's just like we don't need this. Like we already have strained relationships. What I've discovered in our history from like four or five hundred years, right ago, of what happened, and it's like that is an issue. The financial like mindset is an issue. Like all of this, it's it's really detrimental to vulnerable populations. And the the service that they think they're doing, they're actually doing a disservice by like tenfold. Yeah. You know, and it's it's terrible, you know. So long story short, I put myself in the Air Force and I um I had a great time, but then uh I suffered a lot. Like I suffered with a lot of actual health issues. Like as soon as I got the basic training, like I had uh stressful sh- I, I don't know what they call them. They call them panic attacks, but I don't think that's what I was having. It was like really sharp pains in my chest where I would like, like literally pass out. Oh I would pass out. I would always be like emergency, oh. uh, you know, rush to the emergency. And it kept happening and kept happening and kept happening until I, um, I had to get a medical discharge uh, because I was unfit for service, you know? And so it's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, it's like, uh, what I then now realize is that a lot of that unprocessed, you know, trauma from my mom, from really not being developed all the way, you know, um, I'm thinking that I can get away with it by hopping over here. Right. Didn't think I had anything to process. And then my body straight up just like would like give out on me like the hell with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not going like, to do this for yourself, I'm going to make sure that you do it. And it did, and, and um, I had the best. I had the best time. I had the best uh, um, supervisors and everything. And I could have made such a beautiful career. They were trying to put me. I was trying to. I had aspirations to be an officer once I got in. Trying to still finish my degree. I did enough time. I was able to do like eight years. 
like, but um, I, 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 my body couldn't take it anymore. You know, so I got out. And that's when I went on, like, my spiritual journey. <laughs> I went on a really deep spiritual journey because now I'm mad. It's like, <laughs> I get out the military. My mom's still trying to get me in there. And they're still trying to hold me on stuff that I did in high school. And I'm just like, what? I'm not doing this. Yeah, I'm going to say, are you, did they disfellowship you or anything? Or, I was like, never formally disfellowship. Okay. So, because I think they gotta get you in order to be the fellowship, right? They gotta get you on the front. I think. I think at least they used to. I think now, like if you're in the military now, I think they can like in absentia do that. I know, like if you're in politics, I, I got out. They knew I got out. I went back for like briefly, but I never went to no meeting. Yeah, smart. I was like, good job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. But it was long. It took me a long time because the whole time I still kind of believed it because I never did the research. I still had that in my mind where they said, don't research. Yeah. And so I never researched until I got out, until I had all these health issues. And then that's when the wormhole came. Like, I was like, what? Sexual molestation, what? I was driving my friend crazy. I was sitting on her couch. I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, all this, all this stuff. Like, no wonder they don't want us to look. Research. Yeah. It's a cult because that whole mind control, like like the fight control, where it talks about it, control your behavior, your information, your um, all of that. Like the, I forget the whole acronym. That's real. Like you yeah. literally could be in a cult and you just like in everyday life. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. You but don't know it, it was still controlling parts of my mind. Yep. Well, after yeah, yeah. And it was until I. I made it a point mentally to, I didn't, it wasn't called deconstruction back then, but I knew, I guess, intuitively, I need to do something where I need to go all the way. So what I did was I researched my culture. I got DNA tests because my genealogy don't, genealogy don't go back that far into what happened, you know, with the slave trade. And so I did all of that research and um, then even biblical research. I went back to like, okay, well, what was my ancestors doing before that interruption? So I researched like um, spiritual cultures. So I uh, I go back to um, college and what's crazy is that while I'm doing all of this studying, okay, so a lot of things happened at the same time. I don't sound like I'm rambling, but it's so much happened at the same time. So I go back to school. By the time I go back to school, I got into Reiki. So I become a Reiki master in order to heal myself because, you know, I learned about mindfulness and meditation. Mm -hmm. So by this time, I'm a Reiki master. It's like 2016. Mm -hmm. I'm, and then I'm back in school and a research project finds me called Buddhism and Healing. Mm -hmm. So I go into this project consisted of a year of doing ethnographic research studies at like 40, 50 different Buddhist temples in the area and studies with neurologists about the connection, the mind connection of what's going on when you're doing meditation and, you know, uh, with Buddhism. Okay. It's blowing my mind because I'm learning a lot of esoteric knowledge. I'm learning a lot of stuff that the religion, you know, darn sure is against. Yeah. But I'm seeing the healing that comes from this stuff, you know, beyond 
the religious aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that religious. Buddhism it really isn't religious. It's just, it's, um, you know, but that's a long, that's a whole nother podcast. But, <laughs> right, yeah. So I'm putting all these connections together along with what I did with Reiki. And then I was like, well, let me take it a step further. So I go further and I learn about my culture as Africans, like how we contributed to this and come to find out if you go a little further and get into like Egypt knowledge, Egypt was actually uh, what it was called before the Greeks conquered that land. Before that 33 dynasties, it was African. Okay. And um, that that's when it was on the decline. That's when Egypt came in and pretty much gentrified yeah. all of that yeah. land. But what's interesting is that when I'm, I'm looking at all of this and I'm learning from this, I'm going to like different museums, I'm really doing serious research and I'm finding some of the same symbols in like the old Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> like the old symbols, like uh, you have to be old school Jehovah's Witness to know this. The, uh, the uh, oh, what's it called? The, um, it was the same Egypt like symbol on this red book. I'm trying to pull it up. The yeah, Finnish like, Mystery. Remember uh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, like the old old red book. <laughs> All those inscriptions is all I've seen them all in, in um on the in in Egypt, and I'm just like looking at this connection. I'm just like fascinated. So I'm learning about how um a lot of this knowledge was there, and how a lot of different uh societies like Indian culture, Asian culture, even our what we have as America or, or Masons. They went and learned and took it back and created their cultures. Yeah. So yeah. I, I came up with this whole, um, this whole idea that maybe that's what like uh, Russell did. <laughs> maybe that's what he did. Maybe because I heard that they were Mason, and the only, especially back in the eighteen hundreds, to get that knowledge, they really did like go over to Egypt. So I feel like they learned this stuff, and once you learn this stuff, you really do just. I don't know. That's why all, I think that's when all those religions came out of nowhere. Like, what was it called? Because Charles when it just came out of the um, the Great Awakening. And they created all of these, like, religions based off of what they learned, what they found. You know, but some old school books will tell, and that's why they hide them, because they don't want to be connected. That, oh, wow. <laughs> they have that connection. You know? uh-huh. Yeah, the, the like, yeah. they started just destroying they all just the books. Started. Like, yeah, it's so it's so fucked up. And then, it's, it's really scary what we were in. But I say all that to say that is what aided to a lot of my healing. You know, it made me whole. Um, I completely changed the trajectory in my life because uh, what I found was that I didn't want to get stuck into that wormhole where you leave the religion, but you don't do no other development. You know, you might hop into another religion. And I did. I hopped into Islam. You know, I hopped into, I tried to go regular Christianity. And nothing was working. And I've seen a lot of people kind of like, um, they suffer because they hop into another cult or they hop into something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, their their development, it works, you know, or they're not, they're not realizing they need to develop. You know, that just, I don't know, that that that's my story. I, I love <laughs> it that you put that much, like, energy and, and like, careful thought into it I feel like like you say like a lot of times you just you get out and you're just so relieved to be out that you just kind of 
just float in a different space. Yeah. Like, and now that did happen. I'm not even going to hold you. I did. I got caught up in things that I'm not proud of, but only for so long. And only because, you know, this religion, they make you, they put you in such a cocoon and they scare everything around, you know, and so when at any time they could kick you out, you know, you, you really have to give yourself grace, you know, if you are out and you've been completely isolated from your friends and family because you know what you know, but you don't want to return, but you're trying to figure out the world, give yourself grace because they did that on purpose. I I found so many parallels with this religion in like the Hunger Games. Have you seen all of the Hunger yeah. Games? And then the, the new one that just came out. Yep. Let me tell you something. Like, so then I went on a warm, uh, a whole, because <laughs> I'm like fascinated by the series. But I'm yeah. like, this is so good. What is this? I'm really happy that someone else sees that. We totally, totally <laughs> see it. Yeah. I went, I went on YouTube and I was finding YouTubers that really brought breakdown the psychology of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So if you if you're looking into that, right? I found one lady that was talking to, that brought up the psychology of it all and the psychology of how this this capital feels like they are justified in controlling these people so much because their justification is that look what they will do if we don't. But the problem, and that's just how Joe but the problem is these are all crafted situations. These are engineered situations. The people are impoverished. For no reason, because if you just look around, food and everything is, is in abundance. So they create and engineer scarcity and then justify, oh, look at what they do if we don't control them. So now they take away all your rights and what is your quality of life? Yeah. And that's what Jehovah's Witnesses have done. They, they, they put you in this bubble. They hide the information. They keep you from developing how you need to develop as a human person properly. So they're stunning your growth mm-hmm. all the day. Now look at what, what, what happened if we don't. And then what happens to any little offense, they kick you out and then, oh, look at them. They're, 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 they're controlling. Yep. But, but you engineered it. And, and even within it, <laughs> within those, those engineered situations and that stunt to it's development, it mm-hmm. stunts everything every other part of your life it's not just like oh well you can't function you know in the world in in this general way it's like okay but now your relationships are like you don't know how to relationship now you can't be independent if you need to leave a relationship now you you can't go get a full-time job yep you 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 can't do this and this it's so intricate every far-reaching it affects everything. And I've lost so many friends. Rest in peace to all my friendships, connections I've lost because it's just like socially, I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Or the fear would just have you in a chokehold. Yeah. You know, um, and it, I had to do serious, serious deprogramming, like meditation, all of those, the woo-woo stuff that they be talking about <laughs> saved my life. Mm-hmm. My ancestors, what, what, you know, I've come from my culture, I've learned to embrace we say my ancestors my ancestors saved my life i'll be honest with you like um and and then come to find out life is not as scary and creepy as they engineer you to be there yeah. it's just fear-based yep it's it's literally it's literally a control mechanism mm-hmm. it's here and mm-hmm. yeah 
but you got to deprogram from that program for life to stop creating fear-like scenarios and, and pretty much becoming confirmation bias Yes, at, at that point. Yep. And when you, that's why we do the meditations. That's why we do, you know, deprogramming subliminal stuff to like get that junk out that you've been learning since five years old or, or like me. Mm-hmm. And it might be a lifetime of doing it, but I started seeing the light when I was like, oh, oh, this is just confirmation bias. Yep. Yeah. No, but you got to learn that. They don't want you to go to college to learn how to use your mind. Exactly. Like, they got that right. Yeah, if you Mm -hmm. go to college, you're going to learn things that will make you want to leave. My first year I get it. I I was, oh, this is, oh. Yeah, you take that first humanities credit and you're like, oh, (laughs) fuck. Yep. (laughs) And then, oh, let me not learn business. Mm -hmm. It's a whole, and not being a whole. Yeah. Bang! It's a business. Government classes, even, you know, like yeah, yep. yeah. No, it's crazy. Um, and you're talking about like that deprogramming thing too. I was gonna say like, I think it's such an important, important part oh, that gets right. skipped a lot, obviously. But also, like, you have to do it in a careful way too. Like, I think the 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 breaking it down has to be slow and deliberate you if you're just like yeah fuck that i don't believe it that's a bunch of shit now you're just angry and stuck yep you have to do it slowly kind of layer by layer and not that you can't eventually get there if you do it quickly but it's it's a process of learning it's not an emotional reaction right 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 and it won't backfire on your life yeah um, that's why I, I really recommend Jehovah's Witnesses if they can somehow get to college because yeah. college will teach you how to think like how mm-hmm. again like on the plaque when they told you they were against critical thinking yep. they don't want you to, they don't want you to use their mind outside of them literally manufacturing yeah you know, yep and, the and they tell mind. you that's what will happen in college that they're going to spoon feed you ideas then you are just going to start believing mm-hmm. it's like, no, they're, they're in college teaching you how to think how to for think. yourself. And, and I like, was in trouble. Here's a lot of information. Do with it what you will. That's right. Right. <laughs> and how, at one point I couldn't finish school. Like I had, I had to repeat a few years because I realized, dang, I don't know how to think mm-hmm. independently, literally and critically. Mm-hmm. I had to like go all the way back to give myself those skills to come up with my own independent thought instead of regurgitating like the religion taught me how to do. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being, cause I took a, a few community college classes still when I was, when I was in. And I remember people being like, like one of them was a government class and being like, mm-hmm. you have to just in these papers that you have to write or these tests you have to take, you have to just tell them the answer that they're looking for. You have to mm. just lie to them. You know it's not real, but just say what they want to hear so you can pass right. the class and get out of the next just thing. And, and you're like, okay, but that's what... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I realized that that was all my school was made up of until you get to college. In a, a good college where, yeah. where I was going, I couldn't survive. I was like, dang, I need, I need good. And I could build them. It was just that I had these programs talking about new critical thinking mm-hmm. and colleges and stuff. I had to see programs, all of that. And I'm I'm happy to say 
I have seven classes left. Praise God. Nice. <laughs> so I'm starting to get, you know, I'm, I'm just so happy they let me back in, in the school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. I wanted to get it. And I think also internally, I wanted to get it because I wanted it to make it my own. Like, I built my degree. I built everything I needed for me. And ironically, after this COVID stuff, if I'm in need with the degree I chose and everything, like it was funny because when I was going to school with this degree like eight some years ago, I was like, what am I going to do with this? But I knew I needed it for me. Like the degree I chose, I needed it for development for me all yeah. the way. Now COVID happened. Look how the universe works. Like yeah. now I'm in need. I, 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 and I hate how people say, and the, even the religion had this uh, to say it too about college, like, you know, me in college, you know, uh, college is pointless. It's all about, okay, do you know you? You know, what do you need from it? What do you, what are you trying to get from it? Not going to college to say, I just want to get a, a good job to make this much money. No, college is supposed to be like a life-changing, paradigm-shifting event so you can build your own like foundation and go from there and then contribute to the world, yeah. you know? And make money. Yeah, yeah like bonus. <laughs> and make money, right, from that. Yeah. But it's supposed to be personal. But if you go there with that mindset, you're not, you missed the whole point. Yeah, yeah. And I said, I healed myself from college. I'll be honest with you. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. But it was a road, you know, so like, I know people are listening, you know, some people might be, what they call them, they got any acronyms now, people. Yeah. <laughs> people that then, you know, because, you know, I got thinking pictures of me listening to the little hall, like, right. You know, I guess we made the mistake, so you don't have to, you know, yeah. so these should help you, you know, craft it in a way that you're safe, you know, and you're making the right, the stuff for reasoning. You know, um, I feel bad for them now because, you know, I, life has changed so much after COVID. I couldn't imagine what it is like to be in it. I don't even yeah. know what wonder, yeah. but I can imagine it. It's definitely changed a lot. Um, I have... A couple connections that are in still, mm-hmm. kind of, but clearly not because they talk to me. <laughs> so that female thing, and just from doing interviews and stuff with people who have left, you know, since COVID mm-hmm. or or right around there, and it's changed so much. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just a whole different thing. Actually, here's a funny thing. Um, we got a message uh, last night. They were like, "Hey." Guess what? We just got uh, word that beards are okay now. I saw that. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! You know people could be ministerial. Oh my gosh! <laughs> For real? For real? My gosh! And they stopped talking about the time a couple months ago. I'm <laughs> like, okay, you don't have to call your field service time now, and you right. can have a beard, right. and you can just zoom into the meeting if you want to. Oh, that they they don't have to tell time no more. Nope. Only if they're a pioneer. If you're a pioneer, you have to tell your time. Oh. Otherwise, you just have to say, "I engaged in the ministry this month." That is it. Do you know <laughs> they will hunt you down for that time card? Oh my like, gosh, they will. My other thing was like, just put five, just put five hours. Damn it. Like, <laughs> it's like you can. Yeah, yeah mentally, mentally thinking that. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be like, we got calls for a minute. Like, they wouldn't yeah. call to be like, how are you? Or are you okay? But they would text and be like, do you have field service time? I'm like, bitch, I haven't been to the hall in three months. 
No, I don't have any time. Um, that, but that's also how they was keeping track of you. Right, yeah. Track you. Yeah. That is a whole cult. Like, because, like, when you think about, like, the dynamics of it all, like, my brain goes there. My, so I'm, I'm studying organizational leadership. That's okay. So my brain goes into the structure, the policies, and, of course, we live by policy. That's why I can do this for me so good. But, yeah. like, you know, think about, like, how they would have, like, I don't know. I know you had this. It's like the, the time wall where they would have the, the map of your city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the territory. territory. Yep. How creepy was that? And we all had, like, little territory cards that's pioneered or Keeping whatever. track of freaking numbers, house numbers, that dog. That is creepy. It is. No, that is something that I, like, I have gotten to the point now where I'm pretty open with people who... Mm-hmm. What, what you know that weren't in about where I came from at this point I've been out long enough now I'm comfortable enough now but I do not talk about territories with them like that is one creepy weird area that I'm just like they don't need to know about this yeah <laughs> the people if the public would know how threat they are and, and I mean, honestly people aren't randomly walking around your neighborhood these right. people are and they got your street. They got yeah. They well, and, and I also, think the information is in there. The level of effort that we put into finding out who was where and all that is insane. Like it's yeah, so now with a couple clicks now, and anybody can do it. You remember mm-hmm. like we were going to the library and like remember those? Well, I don't remember what they were called, but like there was okay. like almost mm-hmm. like a census kind of a thing. Yeah, 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 and. Yeah, Man, just some creepy stuff. It's creepy, <laughs> I, and I hated that part about it. I was like, it's so creepy. It's so invasive. Mm-hmm. And now when I look back on it, it's like definitely. Um, I know it's more to it because you know, of course, it's like layers, right? Like mm-hmm. the publishers know something, and then the pioneers, and then the, it's yeah. layers too. Oh no, we're all the same. <laughs> we're all equals here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but why does the, the elders got a whole book you can't even know about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They got they they is the secret society. Mm -hmm. No, for real. It's so creepy. I'm definitely when I think about the journey, it's 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 bittersweet because it's like it was annoying as a pain in the ass to to grow up like this. But a lot of what I was able to glean glean. Right. There's the terminology coming back. But I was able to, I was able to just pick out the the most valuable part of that. Cause I'm like, I said, like my school, I, I noticed how my teacher lit up that I was attentive to certain things. So I always knew how to glean what I needed and extract the value from it all. The value I extract very minuscule. <laughs> it's very, very minuscule because it's a child. But if you could glean, like literally extract the value and find the value, it will set you up in this world. Mm-hmm. Like no lie, it will set you up and just put it to like find your purpose. You know, find find your destiny. You know, because you're here. You know, you're here for a reason. You know, and they they gave us real good skills. To be honest with you, they did. But that that's the that's as positive as I could be. Yeah. <laughs> That's what pisses me off too is the um the changes in the uh the policy. That's what makes it a narcissistic religion because how you going to 
that and that's why I started off my conversation letting people know it was everywhere talking about college. Don't don't come at me talk about now y'all can go to college. Mm-hmm. And everywhere and we're talking about you could go. Yeah. How quick they change policy, they change their mind. It's truly a narcissistic organization. Yeah. Because these are people's lives. Yeah. You know, and people any little thing could make or break someone's trajectory of their life. And for you to just, you know, come out your ass and just change stuff. Talk I saw him say, it's not biblical to wear beards. Not to say we yeah. can't tell you to wear beards. I said, are you? Yeah. Y'all put that on the Bible, though, at one point. Yeah. You know, when I saw that, too, I saw that was the blood, the blood doctrine. When they changed from blood, talking about, oh, you could do blood fractions. Mm-hmm. I was like, all these people die. Yep. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think if you're going to be narcissistic and wrong, stay on that. Stand on that. Yeah. <laughs> Die on that hill. You wanted to climb it, you die there. One change. That's my thing. So, you know, mm -mm. it definitely is terrible for your mental health. And yeah, but it's 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 life after it's life after all of this. I would say, please do your research. It's enough research out here and heal yourself. You know, it it was times where I can't count for years. I can't like, especially after the military, I'll be honest with you. It was very some dark time, you know, because it was like that. I can't even be in the military, something that could set me up and, and, and give me a career, give me a second chance. And I can't even do this. So yeah. it was some dark times where I can't account for some years because I was that depressed. Um, definitely hospitalization was there. Now I'm telling you, it's not like you're not going to go through it, but you got to go through it. It's weird. Like, and um, I don't, I don't know what it was that pulled me. That I had a, I had a few people who were so amazing to me, and would not give up on me, you know. Um, but the most depressing part was my family. How fractured it was. How my mom, I would come back to and my mom would slam the door in my face, you know. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't come without price. But to me. I felt like, and I, I, and I, I hope I don't sound awful or, or mean, but I could not live with myself being fractured. I couldn't live without me. You know, I, I couldn't do the people pleasing no more. You know, my mom did that all my life. I had to, I was literally running up after her. She's screaming and hollering. And, you know, it was all about pleasing her. No end, um, you know, being bullied in school about this religion that's full of shit to no end. I was tired. I said, I don't want to lose myself again. And I was able to, to me, I was able to like let everybody, everything go to find me, to heal me. And to me, that was worth it because then to me, like now I have something to offer. Now I don't have to be um, fractured, you know, and that fraction of self is terrible, you know, because now anybody can say anything, they can make you do anything, um, even you lose yourself, yeah. you know, and um, I, I'm not going to lose myself ever again, and I, and I promise myself that, and I, it's been up ever since, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good, and, and part of that, like we talked about earlier, that like making the deconstruction be a 
process and slow enough that you get to that point. That's the research. Yeah, definitely baby steps research. Like, um, what made me go, I I forget what came first, right? Like, for my unraveling, that maybe the military had something to do with that because the military introduced me to understanding about um, development. And I realized that that's what I was doing in the in the in the hall, but the hall develops according to their own whatever they got for them. But when I found out in the military, you could develop into anything, and they taught me the art of creating goals and being strategic and having an endpoint and finding the purpose. So when I found all that, I was able to create my own vision, and at least and that's when I was able to like knock down. Okay, what well, you know what wasn't true, what's not for me, a road I need to take. And then what happens is when you start doing that, it's like the universe starts sending you, oh, look at this. Oh, find this. Over here, talk to this person. Oh, take this healing class or do this. And once you do that, that's when it's like it gives you everything, you know, but you got to listen to it, you know. It's funny because when you go through life, it's so intense, but then when it's time and someone gives you the mic and so you talk about it, you're just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope it sounds as intense as I went through it. Yeah. It was really intense. <laughs> it was hard. Yeah. But I know I probably made it pretty, but it wasn't pretty. <laughs> right. You know, like, like, I think that is a normal part of humans and how we communicate about stuff like that. We put, in either direction, we can kind of spin it. Mm-hmm. I think it's reflective of where we're at. And, and so many people invalidate me. Like, right. and I've been told to be quiet. I've been told mm-hmm. to shut up. I've been told, I've spent so many years quiet, like, to where I would make myself invisible because people, because people didn't understand. They felt like I did not have a justification yeah. to not speak to my mom. Not, and they think that I'm not speaking to my mom. Right. Not realizing that my mom is actually doing this to me. So once I finally hear people want to hear my story, I'm just like, wow. It's like, it's, it's liberating. It's very, very validating. Very liberating. Like, you know, like I wasn't crazy, you know, because she's older now. A lot of people would say, oh, that's your mom. Like we in our culture, African-Americans, oh, that's your mom. So it's like, you know, you got to endure all the abuse and all of the because it's your mom. Yeah, that blood is thicker than water. Bullshit. It's not. It's unfortunate, you know. And I'm telling you, this this religion just breeds that old narcissistic victim. Yeah. Uh, they harbor narcissists. So, um, no. So when I was younger, I don't know. My mom just like will always hand me a Bethel, you know, because the city where I'm from is like super close. My mom would make friends with Bethelite, so she would always take me to Bethel. I'll be at morning worship all the time. And the biscuits was good, though. <laughs> I, we went a lot. We went a lot, too, and to Bethel. No, I mean, the point so, Brooklyn. But, yeah, Bethel. when it was in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and, yeah, they did. They had some good <laughs> food there. Because they would have their own farms and stuff, mm-hmm. eating off these people. Yeah. So I will always be up there, um, and we will always do the tours. So that was like that was comprised of my childhood. I really I don't even think I would have left if I had so many interjections and like school. But like that proved their point, right? That people mm-hmm. leave. But but that's the thing though, like you all have this little sham religion. 
So what was defining too was that when I got out, uh, it was, I don't know if you heard of this documentary called um, uh, Truth Be Told. Okay, I don't think I have heard of that one. So it was, uh, it was some Bethel like he made a uh, a documentary. It was good. You should look it up. It's a really good movie. I wonder if you can find it, but I was able to go to the premiere that they had in New York City. So a whole bunch of like, um, some of your faves, if you know, um, I don't know if you heard of Ruben. Ruben was there. He's our big Well, back then they were more in their activity. I don't think, um, I don't think the English guy was there. You know, the, the guy with that real thick, heavy accent. Um, what's his name? If you go on activism on uh, YouTube. Oh, um, Lloyd Evans? Heavy accent, huh? Is it Lloyd Evans? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just think he was there. Yeah, no, he wasn't there. But it was a lot of those type of like, okay. guys who was there. We was able to share a story. We was watching the movie. That's it's cool. good. Check it out. Yeah. It's a good one. It was a, I was really proud of the community of what people are creating. You know, yeah. um, very good um, production. That was back in the day. That this was like 2013, 2014, Okay. I was just happy that people were telling our story like that in a good, uh, you know, because we're such a small community. Yeah, like they they make you think that it we're huge, but we're not. It's very we're really not. yeah. Like yeah, people don't really not. understand. Um, you know, and then later, 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 Leah Remini and the Scientology pairing us. I thought that was great, you know, but um. Yeah, these are just some good um, resources. I love hearing, like, specifically, like, what things, whether it's documentaries or podcasts or mm-hmm. movies or you know, even if it's fiction, but mm-hmm. there's so many um, books and even just, like, music. Like, what, mm-hmm. like, what was that thing that gets somebody either gears turning or, like, the, just the courage to, like, act on it is... I'm always fascinated by like what that thing was for people. Oh yeah, I, I like to give receipts because people love invalidating your Jehovah Witness um experience just because you're not in it today. Yeah. It changed so damn much, you know. Mm-hmm. But this the thing is, this is my life. It's been impacted, and this is really what they said. And you know, if I had to give receipts, like <laughs> I experience. Yeah, but, but that goes to show you too. Like if you feel that way, okay, well. Why do you have to invalidate? So, like, just because I'm not into that, you're not looking at that. You're not looking at how how much this religion changes. Like, that's a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't said it already, what would your advice be to someone who is leaving or thinking about leaving? What would you want to tell them? Um, anybody starting, I would tell them look. Look, really looking to learn about mindfulness, learning how to deprogram. There are beautiful YouTube tracks, you know, of sub- subliminals. You get comfortable um, with that. I know that could sound scary, but it's important because you went some through some heavy brainwashing for a lot of years. You don't even know what you don't know, and you don't even know what you need to know. And what happens is when you play subliminals that you can trust at nighttime, your brain goes through like theta out of alpha state into theta where you're more subject suggestible and, and you can literally reprogram thoughts but when you you know play what you want to play but those that's the best way to do that and what happens is over time it's like a lot of those thoughts start lifting 
and you start to hear yourself. You know, you you start to it's like you can break through. Yeah, you can you, know, you can find yourself. The programming, yeah, the mm-hmm. you know, it sounds woo woo, and then I don't know where everybody is. You know, because some people still feel like oh, that could be devilish or whatever. To, you know, that's up to you to figure out. Yeah, <laughs> but the way out is where you got to be programmed. Or the or those people that and that's how those people still control you. Because when you don't break that down. Yeah. Even when you're out, they can still be controlling you through that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, that's what the elders used to tell me. They'd be like, you know, you're still a Jehovah's Witness. They would be so cocky. Now I'm realizing, no, you're cocky because you know it's it's programming. That's why I feel like. But other than, no, I'm not. I'm a free person. I'm born free. Just give yourself grace. In and of itself, it's a school. It was something... We probably came here. We probably chose it, you know. Get with, learn what you need to learn from it. Take the meat, discard the bone. So nobody should have that much control of me. 